Hey guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana and I am beyond thrilled today to have a special guest Andrew Goldberg join us from uh, Luca Tigers and Bronze podcast. Some of you guys may be familiar with Andrew. If you're part of the hobby and you're on Instagram and you, you check out YouTube content, he cannot have eluded you. You have to know who this is. Andrew, welcome to the show. So, so thrilled and, uh, and privileged to have you on the show today. Brian, uh, big, big fan, man. And, and we got a chance to, to hop on the phone and talk for, you know, 30, 40 minutes uh, a few weeks ago, just business and stuff like that. That's the stuff I, I, I really, really enjoy. So you asking me to be on the show, it's a, it's a privilege. I, ho- I hope I don't let you down. I know you're a lawyer, so you'll run circles around me. Uh, but I hope I don't let you down, man. Well, to be fair, I think you got a little bit of practice, right? Dealing with lawyers and dealing with uh, legal speak, right? Every day, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's annoying. It's annoying. Because yeah. I know I'm right about a lot more arguments, but you guys have this form of questioning that you yep. get the answer that you really want. You don't necessarily need to be right to win an argument, is what is I think what you're learning by being around Cage so often. You don't necessarily need to be on the right side to win it. Does it right? again. That's he right. Does it again. Okay. See? Well, look, I do this with all of uh, all of the guests that I bring on to the to the five hobby questions. I just want the world to know. I mean, you've obviously got the attention of the hobby. A lot of us just love listening to your content. I'm obviously subscribed to to you guys on YouTube. So I've got uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew's Luca Nation Network pulled up on YouTube. If you guys have not subscribed and have not checked out their stuff on YouTube uh, and I know you guys use uh, uh, you know, Spotify, you do podcasts mm-hmm. on a bunch of different uh, platforms as well. So y'all are easy to find. I'm primarily YouTube and Spotify, but you guys are all over the place. Go find them. They're Luca Nation Network, and they do an incredibly, incredibly consistent show, right? That's the part uh, about you and Cage that just absolutely fascinates me is your consistency. I'm trying to kind of follow in your footsteps on a much lower level. Um, but uh, for you guys to, to make time every single day uh, to contribute what you do to the hobby is absolutely incredible. So there's their YouTube page pulled up. Here is oh, Andrew's Instagram page. Here it is. is. Cards, yeah. family, and business. That's, That's my it. life. Cards, family, it, business. In a nutshell. That's the and first three posts. Yeah. And look, Andrew, when you guys have the show, for those of you who haven't watched, you know, I'm basketball cards primarily. Right. But you guys dive uh, into the dark recesses of the hobby. You go everywhere. You leave nothing, uh, no stone unturned. You explore all crevices in the hobby from F1s to NFTs to, you know, comparisons to the stock market. What I love about you guys is you've got uh, the, that hybrid blend, like I feel I have between investing and collecting. You don't look down on either one of them. You recognize that both are integral parts of the hobby. And um, and each one of your show, you know, shows touches on that. And uh, and that's part of the reason I kind of watch you guys damn near every day as it uh, as it turns out. Tell me real quick before we get started. Tell me about this Luca Tigers uh, NFT that you guys have going on, what it's about, how people can get involved and, and what, what it provides. Well, I appreciate it, man. And, and that was quite an intro. I, I hope I, I hope I live up to it. But so Lucas Tigers NFT came about a year, a year and change into us starting the show. And when we started the show, there's this great Kevin Kelly kind of article. It's like, don't try to build a million followers. Just try to build a community of a thousand true fans. The NFT project came at a point where we're like, wow, this is fascinating. I don't know what will happen with this industry, but let's see what we can do. And we're, 
the art that was done there was done by Cage's daughter. So we're like, how do we, you know, incentivize our community to take a look and buy this NFT, but we're going to deliver way more value than we're asking for in return. So anyone who bought this NFT, it was, it's minted, which is kind of like opening a pack. So you get different, different designs. One design that actually hasn't been minted yet is a tiger holding uh, like a flame. And that's open a cards, a pack of cards with E in Cage's Sun. So we buy the box, we, we cover the cost. Whoever owns that NFT gets to redeem it and they get to, Ian will open the, the box of cards live for that person. So that's one thing. But the NFT project was a way that if you're a listener, nothing changes for you. You still get free content. We'll never, ever charge for content. We'll never sell you anything. But if you, a lot of people were like, hey, go Patreon or, you know, I love your guys' content. I want to support. How can I support? This was the way. And it was done through checkout NFT land. And most, I would say 70, 80% of the people that bought this NFT was their first NFT that they've ever bought. So I would do a call like this, a Zoom call, and I'd walk people through. This is how you buy ETH. This is what ETH is. This is how you load it into your MetaMask wallet. This is how you buy an NFT. And the reason that learning is valuable is whether we like to believe it or not, the technology, maybe not all the little pictures of apes and donkeys and birds, but the technology of being able to buy something from you, Brian, online yeah. without a central middleman is going to change the world. And I wanted people to experience that. So here we are. It's been nine months. The people that have been with us for this journey have gotten way more value than they ever spent. And that's why I don't think we have a single uh, unhappy owner of the Tigers is because we aim to over deliver on any dollar that was spent with us. And, and it's, it's not like you're asking an arm and a leg. I mean, what's the cost? And, and I think you get some SGC grading privileges or free yeah. submissions and things like that, right? Which obviously everybody would be interested in. So here's the thing. If you're Darren Ravel, he follows the price of ETH every day. He knows that the price of ETH was – so to mint the Tigers, 0 0.06 ETH, and then there was gas. 0 0.06 ETH, that changes all the time because what, what is that to relative to USD terms? At one point, it was like 200 bucks. At another point, just a few weeks ago, that was $60. So we've layered on, uh, we got a partnership with Dibs for one month. They were like, hey, we want to activate your audience. You know how they do that in, yeah, in this yeah. land? And I was like, hey, Dibs, what are you doing? And they were like, we want to activate your audience. We're like, cool. All right. We're not going to take the money. We're going to reward every single Tiger holder that was with us at that time. That was October. We're like, we're going to do like a little reward program and do little gift drops to everyone. So that was one thing. Then about a month or two later, SGC came to us and like, hey, we want to work with you guys. And I said, all right, but when you work with us, you got to take care of our community. So they gave us 50 free submissions every month. And we said, everyone who owns a tiger gets three free subs. Kind of cool. So at yeah. one point, tigers were, you know, 200 bucks. ETH was, ETH was you know, $1,000. So at, at other points, just recently, you were able to get a steal on these tigers. But it, it changes with the price of, uh, of Ethereum. Sure, sure. Well, your cool. audience is going to hate me. Your audience is going to hate me. Well, look, you blend crypto, you blend investing, you blend alternative investing, you blend obviously cards, which is you know primarily the reason that I stumbled upon you guys. And uh, so you guys are doing a ton of great things on the uh, on the show. Um, so I always like to do this with this five hobby yeah. questions, right? Do do this like for this. me. Speak like a caveman. Don't use adjectives or articles. Yeah. Just give me five, 10 terms, 10 terms that describes Andrew Goldberg and where he fits in this hobby for our audience. 
Well, I'm glad you asked that after we went through that whole NFT thing, because guys, I, I want to set the record straight. Like I'm 33 years old, going on 33. Uh, the most important word I think is aspiring. So yeah. I, I'm, I haven't made it. So I think why our audience maybe likes us is I'm never here telling you guys what to do. I'm saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm learning. And maybe it could save you some time, some pain, some headaches. So the 10 terms, aspiring businessman. I've always wanted to be a businessman, but I'm not an idiot. Like there's levels to this and I'm not at that level. So I want to get there and I'm taking our journey on that, uh, our audience on that journey with me. So the first thing, as soon as I saw those questions, I was like aspiring businessman. I'm also very curious. I've always been that way. I think as a result, I struggled and was successful in school. I always grabbed onto things pretty quickly, like math, times tables, algebra. I was always really good with that history I loved, but I'm also very curious. So I love to learn new things and NFT land and crypto. It came as a, like a chain of events after top shot. So like, I love, I love experimenting and I love learning. So another word was curious. I think 10 terms is a lot to describe family, we, man. Well, to be fair, you've used like 1500 words. I, I apologize. <laughs> So, so it kind of defeats the purpose, but you're an aspiring businessman who's very curious. And that's yes. really funny because, I, you know, I did jot down some notes because, you know, my perception of you is this. And uh, I wanted to have you on first. So Cage would get jealous, first of all. So just keep Smart. that in mind. You can let him know. But um, uh, I wanted to have you on my show because I feel that you're unique. Right. So I'm 48. I'm probably somewhere middle of the road age-wise in this hobby, probably a shade towards uh, past the medium, right? I'm a little bit past my prime. Um, so I'm kind of like- Most uh, people would say you're like 39 though. Like they wouldn't give you 48. You well, that's fine. Are... That's the trick, right? Is, is, yeah. is It's the race against time. You know, I'm trying to defy the inevitable. But, uh, but I'm having you on the show because I think you're unique, especially for your age, right? You're 33 years old. And there's a lot of 33-year-old, not to sound, you know, derogatory, but there's a lot of 33-year-old know-it-alls. Or at least about 12 months ago, they thought they knew everything, right? I think a lot of people are now discovering it's a little bit more to this than just pick a player, make your money, rinse, repeat. It doesn't work that way. You're unique because you are a, a unicorn and not in the Porzingis, Bull Bull type way. You're, you're, you're literally <laughs> unique because you always ask the question, why, which I love, and then what happens next? Right. Those are the two kind of perspectives that you always bring on the show. And it, it just regardless of what the topic is, you want to know why you want to know why something did happen, why something will happen and what's going to happen next. And so in that way, you remind me a lot of myself, except you've got, you know, 15 years of tread on the tire that I don't have. So I, from that aspect, I'm a little bit jealous of you. Right. So I'm lucky um, I'm surrounded by smart people, man. That's it. You surround yourself with people that bring your level up, whether it's intellectually, whether it's your collection, whether it's, you know, you want better players around you. If you're playing five on five and pick up, right, you want to be that cog in the wheel. So uh, people that are uh, that are excellent and that have a higher level of excellence surrounding you always brings your game up. Uh, I don't think we uh, I think we're both on the same page with that. All right. Let's get cranking. I got five questions for you. OK, question number one. We're going to get straight into it. Uh, is there one card you don't have in your collection that you absolutely must walk away from Atlantic City with in a couple weeks? When I saw that question, I, that was the question I thought about the longest, Brian. Okay. And I was like, but the answer to that question is desperation, right? Like if I need to have a card, the seller of that card will feel that on me and I won't be able to get a good deal. 
So what I've learned is entry <laughs> Keep is... Keep it in the holster. <laughs> yeah, entry is the number one thing, right? Because you could buy... Like, I could buy the most beautiful house that I've ever wanted. But if I bought it at, at peak or not at good value, I'm just going to be sitting on an asset that I'm always worried about, right? That I buy at the wrong time. But the reverse is true. Like, if you buy something and you have a good entry price, you have more bandwidth for error. So I wouldn't say there's a specific card, but I want to have more exposure to Giannis. I love okay. Giannis. I love Giannis's story. I think we're only seeing the beginning of Giannis, not nearly the end. I think the prime of an athlete in today's day and age is 28 to 35, or before it might've been 27 to 33 or something like that. That's a fact. That's a fact. I think Giannis is in his prime. I, I, I will, dude, when he, his knee injury, I, I don't know if we talk about it enough. The way he recovered after that, but well, if you guys go and find <coughs> the photo of this of this knee injury, it's it looked gross. like a, it's, it's gross. gross. It looked like a, this guy Corey Maggetti. Remember him in Miami? I remember, yep, yep. His knee like, and a month later, after his knee like hyperextended, he dropped fifty in finals game. So Giannis, yep. I want to have more exposure to one thousand to ten thousand dollar in that range, like real Giannis collectible cards. I like the ones with his long form auto. There's a little. Do you like uh, if you're looking to make a play on Giannis at the national, and that's fair. You're not going to affect your price point, you know, when you just say I'm looking for Giannis cards, right? Right. Uh, not that you know, it's not like a hundred dealers are watching the show anyway, Andrew. But uh, if you're looking at Giannis, are you looking at the super short print non rookie card type stuff, or are you looking 2013 stuff? You got to understand. So you'll have Cage on. Cage is a lawyer, so his cash flow comes from being a lawyer, yep. and he reinvests in the hobby. With someone like me, it, cards aren't a rental property. They don't pay cash flow. So if yeah. you're sitting on inventory, you kind of can't get something else. So I know a lot of people don't like that. But if you're unless you have other ways to get cash flow in, you have to turn over inventory. So it's just buying the best thing, knowing the market, buying the best thing for the best amount of money or for the amount of money you have. Yep. So right now I could afford BGS9, PSA9, SGC9, long form early on autos because those are 800 to 2000 bucks i like that yeah i like that okay I, I don't know if you know this i pc Giannis and the bucks are my favorite team in the world like did you know that you didn't know i that? didn't i'm also i, I thought I, i'm also a German, and that's well, where I my that. money comes from too so i yeah. i've got a lot i've got i've got a you know a lot in common with you and Kate, but um but that's cool i like that i like the Giannis move um you know, it's one of those deals, and we're seeing it with Steph Curry now. Every time Giannis accomplishes something, whether it's one of his two MVPs or winning the title, we know what happens to their cards after that happens, right? They tail off. We're seeing it right now with Steph Curry. We saw it with Mahomes. We see it always happens, right? The hype drives it, and then when they actually accomplish what they were hyped to do, the cards come down because demand stays, but supply goes significantly up. So, Brian, I like a huge I like bounce back on Curry yesterday in the PWCC Weekly. So, yeah, I've been. Really? I've been gobbling up Curry. And then last week, every single Curry game worn patch that was numbered was getting bid up. That This was like a $60, $70 card. Every single one ended 115 and above, man. It was Curry was tough yesterday. It, it, look, we got to talk because I know you like to dumpster dive in the PWCC stuff. I, just love, like I, do. I love getting in there and, and sorting the lowest, the highest, right? I go, Jordan. Now there's a lot of us in the, the dumpster. Yeah, I know there is, right? There is. But there's also a lot of fodder out there for us. So maybe we don't have to it's fight. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. I don't know yeah, how else to word it. Um, so you and Cage, you, you and Cage talk about way more than just cards on your show. And that's part yeah. of uh, the allure and what, what brings me back watching you guys. 
pretty consistently, pretty regularly, uh, investing in alternative investing and different ways of investing and uh, and things like that is a big part of your show, right? It's a it's kind of an overriding premise of your show. Um, it, tell me, I don't want to know dollars, right? Because that's none of our business, but Percentage-wise, a 33-year-old and an outside-the-box thinker like yourself, what percentage of your invested dollars do you think is in the hobby, is in cards? Dude, too much. And I'll, I'll tell you guys how I know this. It's whatever – it's like basically anything that I don't need to cover basic expenses. And because – here's the – first of all, I'm an introvert. People don't really realize that, but I don't like to go out. It takes a lot to get me out of my house, like to go and be like, yo, the buddies are getting together. We're going to a nightclub in Miami. It's going to be bottles. It's going to be ladies. I'm like, I don't know, man. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. That was never my thing. And it, it, it's some people don't believe that. So I don't spend money on nightlife. I love experiences. So I do spend money on vacations. Yep. But then like I just got this new apartment here, like toaster oven, air fryer, like espresso machine. I, I'm like. I don't want to spend my money on that. That I could buy, be buying cards. My parents yeah. came down and, and helped me get some of that stuff. But go. 80, 90% goes into cards. Yeah. And, and 80, look, 90%. I, I'm, I'm right with you. And it's going to scare the hell out of people. And hopefully my wife's not watching, but I'm the same way, man. And look, part of it is, you know, I, I got in a little bit earlier, right? So I kind of got in before the two big booms. And so I didn't actually take 90% of my invested dollar and put it in, but I I'll put a big percentage in, but things grew because the timing was very, very good. Um, you know, whereas the timing on stock and crypto and stuff was not. Right. And so, I'll caveat that. I'll, there's been periods of times where I also am okay to s sit on the sidelines. I, I don't really believe in like balance in terms of day to day, but like I do believe in balance more annual over two years. Like last year, the cards were so high in price. I was like, I don't feel comfortable buying any of these. So I need to sit on the sidelines and I don't know which way the market's going to go. Now, when I feel like I'm getting good deals, I'm willing to deploy a lot more capital too. It's really strange because in a market that's, I think it's fair to call it a declining market, at least for the last, you know, 150 to 180 days, probably over the last year, I've, I feel no anxiety. I feel fantastic. I'm enjoying this buying window. Um, I'm buying more confidently. Um, I'm, I'm more uh, certain in the cards that I'm moving into. And, um, it's, it's strange. It, there used to be that constant, you know, kind of urge to flip a card. You know, what's going to be worth in 90 days? I don't ever ask that question anymore. I'm buying cards that I love, that I think other people will love long term. And uh, I feel great in the hobby. You know, it, it feels fantastic. I think you it's know? cost worth versus worth. Like, I think yeah. when you're able to see a few cycles, you're like, wait, this Gabe Warren LeBron patch card is out of the two, like 199 is ending for 50 bucks. That's worth more. So you're able to start spotting little things like that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Next one. You've done 740. We're the last, last question about the show, but I'm fascinated by the show. You've done 740 plus episodes, something like that. I'm pretty close. Um, like that to me is astonishing. Right. And uh, are there ever days where uh, do you recall any specific days where you're just like, I cannot, I cannot do this. Like I cannot click the record button. Like there's a re you know, there's a reason you just didn't feel like it. You're burned out. You ever feel those days? Are there days like that where you're like, I'm dreading doing this. I can't look at cage or, or I just don't want to do this. We've done, we've done 37 days in a row. I just want to go to sleep. Those, you know, those are two questions. There's a lot of days I can never look at cage. You it's a two part question. A lot. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't always listen to me. So there's always those days, but I love the guy. And, uh, 
there's two answers to that question. So one that's out of your control and one that's in your control. So yeah. out of your control, I had surgery on like a cleft cyst uh, that I had. I don't know where it came from. Maybe like two, three weeks ago. And I just did not want to hit record. I didn't feel confident about how I looked. I, was, I didn't com- feel confident about what I sounded like. I didn't feel confident about the message I was going to deliver. I was like, how can I be my best self if I don't feel like it, right? So that was a few weeks ago. Cage did one episode. Uh, he rocked out on solo. But then the next day, and this is why it's important to have people around you in your corner when you're down to bring you up. Uh, just a day at a time, I was like, dude, just do the best you can. Just do the best you can. Just do the best you can. And now I feel 100%. I feel better than I did before the surgery. So there's d- days like that with health. There's also days where you're doing shit that's not putting you in the best position to succeed. Gambling yep. is my vice. Like if I'm gambling, I'm not where I need to be. So I don't gamble. I do not gamble on sports. I don't sports bet. I don't go to the casino. That's my vice. Like that's my alcoholism. Uh, that's my drug addiction. It's gambling. So when I'm doing that stuff, when I'm not exercising, when I'm not eating right, I'm more inclined to not show up right or not want to do those things. Yep. So I'm very conscious. You can't control what you can't control. Okay, so health, you got to do it. You got to get it. But don't don't like uh, set yourself up. Don't put yourself behind the eight ball with your daily habits because this is I I uh, I think it comes from a place of I appreciate our audience. You guys have a ton of different content to watch, and it, why would you go and spend thirty minutes, forty five minutes with me if I'm not going to bring my best self? That's not yeah. that's not fair. So I'll make sure I take care of the stuff I can't control, and those days are few and far between. And then the days that I still feel it. There was this Navy SEAL line, right? Uh, I think Jocko Willick. I, I like listen to the shit. It's like the people that make it through um, SEAL training aren't the strongest, aren't the college athletes. It's the people that don't want to fail for the guy next to them. And I don't want to let Cage down. I don't want to let our audience down. I don't want to let our team down. Okay. That's like my final if I like really don't can't do it today. Yeah, You can't let your boys down. 740 episodes in. Is Cage your best friend? Best friend's interesting. I mean, have you ever heard friends, uh, people are in your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime? No, I've never heard that. But look, yeah. that's another thing is you've got the most colloquialisms of anybody in the hobby, and I love it. I like I to learn, it. dude. I, I, I feel like I, I will write a book, but I feel yeah. like it comes from a place where I don't know shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to learn. Because, my dude, my number one thing was I'm going to be a professional soccer player. And yeah. then ended on injury. I'm like, now what do I do? Yeah. Um, is Cage my best friend? Yeah, he's he's in the top three. Like I want to yeah. say, my dad. Yeah, um, they're actually way more similar. As I realize, like as my life evolves and they meet each other, I'm like these guys yeah. are basically the same. He's 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 a mentor. I learned a lot from him, for sure. He's on your friend Rushmore. He's he's yeah. he's on your Rushmore. Easy. Yeah, easy. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's get back to cards. Let's talk about cards again. Three most important cards in your collection. They don't have to be the most valuable. I want to know the three most important cards to Andrew in your entire collection. I always keep okay. Luca Court Kings. I graded it myself. I like it. Luca's rookie year Court Kings in an SGC Tux. It's, it's a sick card. Uh, auto or non-auto? Non-auto. Non-auto. Numbered it's, it's or like non-numbered? A, non-numbered. It's his base rookie card. Uh, Court Kings. I might have it, but I'll be it's just like a you remember the 96 blank front card with Kobe? Uh blank look this spot. card up. It's called Ultra Blank Front Kobe. 
Okay, I'll look it up. I'm not a Kobe collector, but I'll look it up. I'll look it up. It's it's like a mural. It looks like a mural. So it's like that. Yeah. Uh, it's black and white, very clean canvas look with a tux around it. Got a 10. So that's one. This other one was a sick. I love this card. It's um 97 Ultra Jordan with like the, it's a 23 karat gold one. People don't like the gold for whatever reason. I think it's too heavy for them. I like that card a lot. Okay. Those two. I, th- I like and Kobe's it. are always re- revolving. I've never had... I just sold a nice Kobe, frankly. Yeah. They're always the a revolving one, door with Kobe's. The one place where you and I do not have any comments, I don't collect Kobe. It's not, I don't appreciate him as a player. I think he's a little bit historically overrated. I'm, I'm just going to say that there. This is a whole other episode. Uh, but it's undeniable. As a player? As a player. Yeah, for sure. Not, not as overrated as he is in the hobby. And that's what I was getting at. He's, he's probably in the basketball world. He's certainly – on Rushmore, he's probably one of the three most collectible players there. I mean, right? We got we got Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe. Do we not? I mean, is that fair? I, I, Kobe, Kobe has an international presence. Uh, uh, Kobe would go to China every single year and do uh, unquestionably. And, and, and they, it helped that he was in an, an absolutely phenomenal era, right? Starting in '96, so you've got the '90s insert era, which kind of overlaps with the Jordan collectors, right? So you can collect Kobe from those inserts and parallels that also feature Jordan and Shaq, right? So people love that. But then he goes through the, the chrome era, right? So there's the people out there that love the tops chrome, the finest and stuff like that. He checks all those boxes. Then you can get the exquisite. And then you can get into the Panini Prism era. So Kobe, by playing so long and being so consistent for so long and loved around the world, he just he also hits those three eras, which makes him super, super special, right? And so uh, he's right there at the top. So, can I ask you something? So you, you played sports, right? You baseball, basketball, guy. yeah. Baseball, basketball. You remember the guys that just come out the gate and they're like, this this is this guy's just a, this guy's as talented as it comes, right? Like just talent, just pure raw pure physical talent. talent. The thing about Kobe that people I think we know deep down, he was very he was not a very talented player. He didn't have Jordan's huge freaking hands. Like Jordan's hands were insane. What an advantage. He didn't have Shaq's stature, right? He didn't have all of these. He had, he was nationally talented, but he wasn't on he was on Wilt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he used what he had. And what I think of Kobe is actually, I think of him as like a little bit more of an artist. Of He would figure out the game more like chess because he wasn't given a lot of that ability. Yeah, Savant. LeBron, Savant. man. Like, are you LeBron's made in the lab, man. That guy is incredible. Yeah. He, he's like 37. He pulls up to Drew League. Like, he's like, he's just, he's incredible. It's a talent. What, what can you do? I know. I know. All right, so you're a Kobe collector. You got to get me a Kobe card. I got a couple of Kobe cards just that are parts of sets, but we we'll talk. I got to give you a Kobe, dude. You're smart, man. Lawyers are smart. That's how I'm gonna end my interviews. I'm gonna, you got to give me like a number out of ten, like nothing crazy, just a Kobe gold. Next time I see you, <laughs> Kobe gold, top scroll. I'll, I'll, um, I'll find something for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get together in Atlantic City. I'll walk out of Atlantic City with a Kobe, just just to make you happy and just to satiate you. All right, last question. You're gonna like this one, right? I played soccer growing up. I got to the stage where I had to choose between yeah. basketball and soccer. Where I live down here in the south in the swamps, yep. uh, you got to pick and choose because they're the exact same season. So I chose basketball, ended up playing baseball and basketball in college. Had to give up soccer in eighth grade. I love soccer. I still love soccer. I'm a huge Chelsea fan. I'm sure that probably offends you. It offends everybody who's not a Chelsea fan. I picked up but, a sick Chelsea. I picked up a Didier Drogba uh, patch card this weekend love for Drogba. thirty bucks. Drogba, Drogba yeah. is what he, when he was with the Ivory Coast. Drogba is what got me into following a Premier League team mm-hmm. way back when. I was like, 
this guy looks like an assassin, right? He looks like an assassin. He looks like he would murder you in your sleep. That's my striker right there. And I was like, well, what Premier League team is he on? And at the time, he was on Chelsea. And I was like, that's my team. That's why I started following Chelsea. That's funny you brought up Didier Drogba. So, a lot uh, of people John, don't know talk- about him. There What's was that? a civil war going on in the Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire. I, I never say it right, but I always want to try to say it. Yeah. In French, like Cote d'Ivoire or something. He ended the civil war through soccer. There was a civil war going on in the Ivory Coast. And because of his presence, because of how important he soccer brought it together. Is, yeah. He brought the country He's an together. icon. Icon. He's an icon. And I'm, I don't know because I haven't looked at his cards. I bet his cards aren't where they need to be in the hobby. No. no not even close. Yeah. Um, so this is my question, right? I'm a huge basketball collector. I know you're a huge NBA fan. I love soccer. I know you love soccer. So the question is this, and I think this might take a bit here if you've got a few minutes. NBA player throughout history that would make the best soccer pay, soccer player if you like dropped him into a European academy like at age three, right? And all they did was train soccer. Which NBA player throughout history, you can go back as far as you want to. This is easy. Even pick George Mikan or Dolph Shays if you need to. This but is I don't the easiest one I've ever ever had. So most oh. people out there think it's Steve Nash. And Steve Nash is the best player right now. But it's Iverson. Iverson is made to be a soccer player. This is fantastic. I'm so glad that you said that. Iverson was my number one. Yeah, it's <laughs> not right. I'm serious. I made a list for you. Iverson was my number one. And, and yeah. what people don't realize is Iverson's big by soccer standards. Yeah. He would be a big person. He's a munchkin, right? He's a little munchkin for the NBA. He's big by soccer standards. Yeah. Yeah. Quicker, and, and faster, like, stronger. He's Iverson is most little guys are like they, they would roll around and, you know, Iverson went right at it. Iverson no, is as not, competitive as it gets. He's not diving in the box. He's not no. diving in the box. He's not playing for PKs. Iverson's a killer, man. I think he'd be a killer in soccer, too. We know he can move laterally like nobody we've ever seen, right? I mean, obviously, he's one of the best football players in the country and probably could have been a college and pro uh, quarterback as well if the kid really wanted to. But uh, So I've got a list for you, right? So I've got Iverson. And then I've also got uh, – I like John ja Morant, which is, you know, kind of a, in the Iverson mold, right? Springy. Um, Derek Rose. I'm thinking of guys that change directions laterally at, at an exceptional rate, which is a lot to do with soccer. And then you also have to have the IQ, but these guys have proven to have that. Muggsy Bogues. Can you imagine a little Muggsy Bogues, like a little Santi Cazorla, only faster? <laughs> little Santi Cazorla. This guy's bringing out Arsenal players. Hey, little Munchkin, right? He's a little Munchkin in the basketball <laughs> world. Look, big thighs, a big, big, strong hips, like muscling people around. He would be a problem in soccer, man. You put him like, like Conte, right? Accurate. Okay. <laughs> and, go- and, and now, now here's what I want you to think about, right? I've got Westbrook on my list too. It's just an absolute, just ferocious phenom, like, like Erling Haaland, bigger, stronger, faster, right? Um, but the guy that I really want you to think about is Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, do you realize Dwayne Wade is the same size as Ibra? Let that sink in. Small by basketball standards, but Ibra is like larger than life, right? I mean, he's your he's your mountain. Like he's he's a giant in the soccer world. Dwayne Wade Wade's coordinated, right? Like you can't teach coordinate. You've seen this watching. If you guys don't know, Brian's daughters are superstars, like, in this land. So you know the soccer world. Like, you bring up Santi Cazorla. I'm like, all right, this guy knows his stuff. You've seen people that just aren't coordinated. It looks like their legs aren't attached to their body. Because using your hands, you use your hands all the time. Jocelyn Gardner is one. (laughs) Our striker for the U.S. 
Yes. No, I'm not a big Zardis fan. I think he's a donkey. Like, I think he's just a run, run and kick. It's hard. It, like, some people have what we call lead feet. Like, it feels like everything just bounces off them. And Trampoline some people have feet. salty, and that's coordination. And that's not very easily taught or learned. Yeah. So, Iverson's one number one on your list. Iverson's yeah. number one on my list. I love it. Who's your favorite soccer player in the world right now? Right now. Watch. Zidane, Zidane and Dino are my two favorites. I love Ronaldinho Zidane, my, my dad loved. Yeah. I, I love Ronaldinho because they're a little thicker, uh, but his and I, I was never fast, but I was shifty. Like I could I could beat you to the spot, but I can't beat you over 50, 60 yards. And I think Dino was Dino's amazing. Yeah. Right now, who's my favorite soccer player? I don't oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I I like Erling Haaland. I think I think people don't realize how good he's gonna be on City. Mm-hmm. Uh he was made to be a star. He's like another guy that was made in the lab. If you watch Born his documentary, yep. Yep. the whole town like loved him from day one. I, I like Halan. I, I don't love City, but I like Halan. Yeah, it's it's bad for the rest of the Premier League that he ended up at City. That's that's a fact, right? That's going to be a I like, problem. I like young Messi. I think older Messi feels a little more arrogant for some reason. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a conversation for another day. Um, that's it, man. That's all I had for you. You got anything else you want to say? I can't, can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining. I wish we had five hours. I mean, you and I could talk about soccer so. for an hour, basketball for an hour, and then you could try to explain crypto and Linktree and all of the other dumb questions that I DM you about because I'm an old guy trying to trying to uh, figure out this hobby and figure out the content creation side of it. But uh, yeah, um, I love this, the Steve Jobs quote: "Stay hum- uh stay hungry, stay foolish." So I like that. And I think for our hobby, like I think a little more curiosity, a little less judgment would do wonders. And I think Amen. the way you get there is to separate the person from the idea, right? Like sometimes in the hobby, we criticize the person for just having an idea. I was like, I don't agree with the idea, but the person, they have kids, they have a wife, they have a family. Like they're not bad people because they think a little different than you. And I think we've forgotten that for somehow. Maybe that's even, I think that's actually a bigger I was gonna say that Bravo, that, but, that doesn't stop at the at the hobby world, you know. So, dude, like, it's not that deep. It's not that serious. Like, you could just disagree. Yeah, and then go get a beer. That's right. That's right. All right, my man. Uh, always thoughtful. Always uh, inquisitive. And uh, you're the unicorn, not in the bull bull or Porzingis way. You're you're your own brand of unicorn. So I appreciate Thank you, you for having me on. Absolutely. Anytime. And I will see you uh, in Atlantic City. This may air after Atlantic City, but either way, okay. I'm going to see you in Atlantic City. Deal? Thank you. Brian, um, you're really good at this. And I could, I, ur- I urge you to stay on this because you're, you're good at it. You, you, you're you a good interviewer. You interject your own two cents. I, I think you're going to be a star man with this. And thank you for having me on. I would love to do more of these. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. I promise. Thanks, bud. Guys, thanks for joining uh, us for five hobby questions today. It really was a, a, a privilege to have Andrew on here. He, he really reminds me of a younger version of myself. He's, he's outside the box thinking. He's always looking for the next move. He's not ashamed to collect stuff that's way off the radar. He's not ashamed of the investor tag. He, he knows he's a hybrid investor and collector. Uh, and there's no shame in trying to make money in the card market. It doesn't make you a bad person. Um, but uh, if you guys haven't, you really do need to go listen to uh, Luca Tiger's Bronze. I know a lot of people already do, but 
they're super consistent. It's a great, you know, it's a great listen when you're uh, on the treadmill or lifting or in the car on your way to work or whatever. And uh, it's one of the uh, maybe eight to 10 uh, YouTube channels that I actually uh, very consistently listen to. Those guys are, are really interesting. And I'll try to get Cage on at some point. Cage is Andrew's sidekick on that show. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but he's, his, he's his co-host on that show. So uh, hopefully I'll get Cage on as well. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, hope to see some of you guys at the National. Keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby. And peace. Peace.